Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Many years ago, when I was engaged to Dina, like most people, I had ideas of what marriage was going to be like, and she had her ideas, and there was kind of the um, the bursting of the balloon one night. I swung by her place uh, after a really long day, and I was sitting on her sofa, and, and um, I was just like checked out. I was a spud, a couch potato, and um, she later told me that she remembers that moment she looked at me and just told herself, it's okay. There are going to be nights like this when we're married, and it's okay. And she really did a good job of lowering the bar, if you will. I'm John Fuller here in the studio with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They head up our marriage team. And let me take you back to your engagement, Aaron. Um, what were some of your expectations for marriage? Well, they weren't really <laughs> expectations because they were all true. I was that perfect <laughs> yes. that you know, is this reality oh, really? for her? You might have mm-hmm. noticed I asked Aaron <laughs> oh, yes. the question. Are you Aaron? So, I am so sorry. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. Just last week, I was in Denver, close to where we lived when we married. And there was, I was sitting in the parking lot of a grocery store that I went to when we first got married. And I remember thinking that suddenly I was going to know how to cook. I don't know how I thought that that was going to happen. And so the expectation I had for myself was that I was going to be like my mom and provide these grand meals, but I never took time to learn how to cook. And so even going to the grocery store was anxiety provoking. And just last week, sitting in that parking lot, just I got so anxious did it trigger in the parking you? lot. It did. Oh. Just going, oh my word, I can remember how awful I felt because I wanted to be that like my mom and I wasn't and that was an expectation for myself but and expectations for Greg as well I expected that we were going to live near our family which we didn't for about 10 years of our marriage and then that we were going to wait to have kids and that didn't turn out and that we were going to have just we were going to get along so great we were best friends and we were never going to fight and that worked out so well. Yeah. Yeah. That last one, I think, was something that wasn't on my radar. I, I didn't ever really imagine that we would have a, what I would call a knockdown, drag out fight. Uh, and I don't mean physically, but we have had moments. Um, yeah. So moving on, it's easy to be infatuated with your special someone during the early stages of romance. And we talked a little bit about this last time. Let's go ahead and return now to a conversation, uh, Greg, that you and Dr. Bob Paul had with Jim Daly about protecting your relationship from lies. Here now is Jim Daly. You share the story of Zach and Katie who added to their wedding vows and they lived happily ever after at their ceremony. Uh, That fairy tale idea, that's the first lie. So take a whack at it. You know, it's interesting that um, that whole fairy tale view of marriage has so infiltrated our Western culture for sure. And the idea when you get married is you're hoping that, you know, it starts once upon a time. And certainly the love that I have right now for my spouse has to be leading toward, and they all lived happily ever after. And happiness, I mean, it's it's built into the fabric of the American culture for sure. When you think about, you know, the Declaration of Independence, you know, and we're, we're able to pursue life, liberty, and the, and the pursuit of happiness. And happiness isn't a bad thing. I mean, 
frankly, I'm kind of partial to happy, and I prefer more than less. I'm convinced God wants us to be happy. But when you think that happiness is the key, that happiness is the goal, you are so set up because obviously God put us here on purpose with purpose, and there's a cosmic battle that's going on between good and evil. And happiness can't be the primary goal. There's a purpose bigger than happiness. Okay, but but in that, where are we getting those signals? This, the media? What? How come, A, it's not bad to have a bar to be reaching for. I want a happy, joyful marriage. I think that's okay. Where does that break down to where it becomes a lie, Greg? The lie is that my end in mind is to feel happy versus when when I think about my marriage— I think about Aaron and I on this grand adventure. We're on a journey. My goal isn't to be happy. My goal is to journey in this life with Aaron. Through all together. the valleys and the mountains. Through all of that. And because yeah. if, if my goal is happiness, then what happens when we're not happy? What happens when we're in pain and we're frustrated and something's going on? It's so confusing. As Bob said, then maybe it's me. Maybe she's the problem. Versus, <laughs> I wouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that out loud. I'm just in okay. my mind. I'm thinking that. But what I what I love when when the goal is to be on a journey with my wife. First Corinthians seven twenty eight says that for those who marry, you will face problems. I mean, that's straight out of the Bible. We are going to hit these high times in, into where we feel joy and we experience happiness. We're going to hit low moments where there's going to be a lot of pain. Mm. And what I love is that there's no one else on earth that I'd rather be with on this grand adventure, not knowing what's around the next corner, what we're going to face. For me, the goal is growing, is growth, not happiness. I want to keep becoming more like Christ. I want to I want to be a better husband. And so my outlook is not happiness, it's growth okay, on this journey. That reality is that's your goal. Sometimes you got to say, "Okay, I don't feel like being a better husband right now." Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and there are, there are plenty of times I'm sure Aaron would say, "Yeah, I experience him that way." And and I'm human, and there are going to be those right. moments, and I'm going to go through those seasons where I'm. It's about me. I'm selfish. I'm prideful. But at the end of the day, I want to keep growing as an individual and as a husband, and having our marriage become a marriage that we are both thrilled with. That, right. So you're looking the at target. the trend line of your life. Right. I mean, that's the Christian walk. You right. want that trend line to be improving over right. the course of your life, that more of the fruit of the Spirit is who you are over time. So, Greg, um, you mentioned growing together, and for many couples, I mean, it's in perfect road, right? I mean, we have highs, we have lows. How do we really celebrate the, the wins and the progress even though there's this wound here, there's this scar here I can't seem to get rid of. Yeah, Aaron and I encourage couples to talk about three things in particular. Number one is reminisce about the good times. So think about your life together. What are some of the funny stories, the 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 enjoyable times, the celebrations, the the firsts that you had? There's something about when you go back and retell those to each other and talk about those early, fun, enjoyable experiences. It just kind of reminds you that, hey, you know what? We're pretty good together. I think it's also important then to talk about the hard times. So we have many good times, but we also are going to face challenges, and, and we will have the valley moments and the lows within our marriage. And I think the opportunity there is actually to revisit those through the lens of empathy, 
not to go back and judge, not to blame, not to say, yeah, when we were there, you did this and this wrong, but, but really with empathy to go, I know that was really hard for you. What are some of the things that that you've learned Mm. from that time? How maybe have we grown closer together because of those hard times? And developed grit, really, as a result of those difficult times that we developed this thing called marital grit. And it strengthens us as a couple and to look back and go, Whoa, look at what we walked through, and here we are today stronger than we were before we walked through that difficult time. So you can even celebrate the hard times if they've become kind of positives. You, you absolutely need to because this, the, the pain that's going to teach and to grow, it, as long as you're going back and really identifying, yeah, what, what, what have we learned? How are we better? How are we stronger? What does that grit now really look like? Mm-hmm. And it gives you a confidence that we can face these mm-hmm. things yeah. together. Well, it's especially important to really look at where were the turning points? Where did things shift? Hmm. What did God do amidst those challenges? And it's great to identify those to really look at, okay, look at what God has done. Okay. And here we are. Yeah. We're stronger because of it. All right, Greg, so you've covered two, I think, of the three things. What's the third thing that you encourage couples to do? Yeah, it's really noticing and celebrating and giving God credit for those turning points that Aaron was saying. So the lessons that he's done, how did he show up? Like the, as much as talking about the hard times gives Aaron and I as a couple confidence that, you know what, we can face whatever and, and we're going to make it. I think it's important to go, yeah, how did God show up when mm-hmm. we walked through this challenge and when this happened? You know, here's what God did. Here's what he's taught me. I love that concept in the Old Testament of an Ebenezer, and that, that stands for a stone of help. And so the Israelites would build kind of this this little monument out of these rocks in recognition of God's ever-present mm. help for them. It's the same in, in our marriage, and we need to have those anchor moments where we're going, you know what, look right here, that's how God showed up. And it gives us confidence in, in our relationship with him, that, yeah. that as he says, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I've loved you with an everlasting love, that that's true. And it's powerful when we look back and go, and, and here's a great example, here's a great example. And, and that's a way that we can speak of God's, yeah, everlasting love in our life and in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, we'll have more tools for you to help in your relationship to combat those lies. Uh, Certainly one would be the basis of our conversation that we heard earlier with Greg and Dr. Bob Paul, uh, their book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. We're making that available when you donate to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. Uh, Make a generous contribution of any amount, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll send that book out to you. Um, And Greg, uh, this is really, this book is a summation kind of a popular distillation, if you will, of the principles that Hope Restored runs on, right? Yeah. Aaron was a part of that initial team way back 20 years ago that developed all these. And it's really going over the last 20 years, what have 8,000 couples who've 80% of those couples have stayed together, what have they taught us? And how can we share that and help you have that marriage Hmm. that you've always dreamt about? Well, we're going to link over to that book and your opportunity to donate, and also our free marriage assessment, which we've mentioned a number of times here in the podcast. All the details are in the show notes. 
And next time we'll hear from Joshua and Raquel Rogers. Uh, They're going to be talking about an honest relationship, how to have that. For Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.